Hello and welcome to the Durham Community Action Podcast. In this episode, you'll be introduced to our Community Development Officer, Lindsay, as we discuss the Community Growing and Food Network, and Lucy from Great Aircliff Garden Guild, who talks about the benefits of the network. We will also be chatting with Joanne from Little Chefs Big Chefs, who talks about their funding journey and new eco-market project. My name is Katie Baggett, and I'm your podcast host. The Community Growing and Food Network is an online network for community organisations in County Durham who run or are interested in running community food and growing projects. Here is Lindsay to tell us more. So what is the Community Growing and Food Network? So the network was set up by Durham Community Action to bring together all like-minded organisations and projects that had a kind of interest and focus on growing and food. And since the pandemic, we've seen an increase in these groups, either new groups becoming established and also a lot of community venues like community centres that have been utilising throughout the pandemic their outdoor spaces and then looking to either develop new projects or looking to start growing projects alongside what they do already. So we set up the network for any organisations with either growing or food projects just to come together and connect with each other and share good practice, share information. We also have quite a lot of organisations come along to you know link in with the voluntary community sector. So we sometimes have statutory agencies that come along to see what's happening and where they can signpost people and they equally share information and they can connect with each other and discuss topics of interest. We also spoke to Lucy Donner from Great Aircliff Garden Guild who regularly attends the network meetings and talks about the benefits of the sessions. Here is what she had to say. I've been to one session of the Community Food Network. I mean that first session was invaluable. We're very new so we're trying to establish sort of connections with lots of different groups so by going to the network I managed to meet some new organisations who were able in the longer term office volunteers for us and who we hopefully can also share best practice with and it's also good to to link in and know what's going on in the region and it's just getting to know people with similar interests in that as well who are as enthusiastic about the network and community growing as, as we are. Thanks Lucy. If you'd like to get in contact with Lucy to find out more information about their organisation, you can join their Facebook group, Great Aircliff Garden Guild. The sessions have been really well received so far and give organisations an opportunity to discuss and network. Here is Lindsay to tell us more. So I know the network is quite new, but how has it been going so far and what have the sessions been about? So it's been going really well. We did a survey at the beginning and before starting the sessions and starting the network to see what what people wanted to discuss and talk about, what they were interested in the most. So we've based our first three around these areas. The first one we had was growing for well-being, which is a popular subject at the moment, and especially after the pandemic, a lot of people are kind of refinding their love of the garden and the outdoors and so we had a speaker from Lionmouth Rural Centre came to talk and County Durham Social Prescribing Service and they would just talk about the work that they do and the projects that they have and give everyone a chance to um, talk about the area of growing for wellbeing really 
you share ideas and, and make contacts as well. And we make sure in every session that the participants get a chance to give any updates that they've got from their own projects. And we like the sessions to be as interactive as possible. It's about people coming together and linking up, sharing ideas and experiences. So it's um, as much for the people. And our September session was focused around funding. And we had Joanne from Little Chefs Big Chefs to come and talk to us about her new food surplus project and also about um, their individual funding journey, which is good for a lot of projects to hear and understand and be able to give some you know, on-the-ground advice of exactly what it's like applying for funding. We caught up with Joanne from Little Chefs Big Chefs, who talked about how she found the funding journey and their new eco-market project. How did you find the application process and who did you approach and mm-hmm. how did you find the journey? Well, my background, I had no background or experience whatsoever with funding when I formed the organisation it was first initially with family um, I was advised to go down the kick route and research a bit of that and that would open us up to being an enterprise to bring in revenue as well as funding and it was just a case of being a steep learning curve filling lots of applications failing lots of times and accepting looking back now you've got to accept that you're going to fail so what I found um, beneficial, it is rather frustrating when you put a lot of time into it. So you've got to look at your application process, did lots of online training as well as face-to-face training, did a lot through doing community action and read upon, you know, a lot of the terminology and the subjects such as outcomes, social value and the needs and disadvantages of the area helped me. And it also helped, I mean, fortunately because of the network and what we've got, we've built quite a good relationship with other kind of charitable organisations in the area and they allow me to look at their funding applications so you kind of see what works and what has been beneficial to them. So although funding is, is a pain in some ways, but it's a necessity and we need to do that and it's it's part and parcel of the, the job. We couldn't do what we do without funding and you need to understand us what the funders need to know and meet their criteria. Can you tell me a bit about the eco-market project? Yes. Yes. Our eco-market, the aim of the project is about addressing the massive issue of food waste and while saving people money, which is so, so important in the current economic crisis. So we changed the name from the Community Pantry, which was formed in 2022, um, eco-market to reflect the aims and remove any connotations, which unfortunately what a community pantry does come with, which can be stigmatic. So we've got people from all walks of life use the services for various reasons, and we never ask that. It's up to them if they want to be forward thinking about that. But we do include this on like an anonymous feedback form if people want to tell us. So the whole idea, people will come in, we'll get a variety of surplus foods. Some are collected from local supermarkets. And we also get a delivery from Fairshare. So we subscribe to a membership scheme for that. And then fortunately, we've built a brilliant relationship with the local um, Auckland Project Trust. And they give us produce in their wall garden and they've got like a small kind of scheme that helps. And then it, it's to go on and benefit the community. So as I said, anyone from all walks of life can come and access this. So we do have people from professional backgrounds to those who are, you know, truly struggling. And it's great to see that diversity of people that use the service. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important to us that there's no segregation whatsoever. 
and there's this thing at the minute, you know, if, if families, if their children receive free school meals, so that's quite a low threshold. And there's a lot of people that we see where both parents are working and they are struggling as well. And it's obviously getting worse. So hence, you know, it, it is open to all. And our aim is also, well, mainly about reducing food waste. We want to stop the surplus foods going to landfill. And so the foods are perfectly edible. They tend to be maybe just past the list before date. More likely than not, it's a result of overordering. It could be slightly damaged packaging. It could be a misprint that's on the packaging. And it's all these little things that meant traditionally it would have all gone in the bin. So what we recognise there is that impact. So like a third of all food that is produced across the world is wasted. And an average family can save about £730 a year if they kind of reduced all of their food waste. Mm -hmm. We, I mean, we're not saying there's never going to be food waste. There always is. You know, you can't eat everything, and you shouldn't eat until your, your plate's empty, so to say. But we make big changes, such as not peeling vegetables and fruits. You know, just washing them, that kind of thing. I will also write recipes up, so the recipes are there, available all of the time. Um, and I'll try and print new ones out and put new ones on the website as well. And it's just basically getting people to stop and think about the food waste in doing so they'll save themselves money so what you'll see on the wall behind you I did that too so people will pack over there and and hopefully like look at that and and take stock and have that recognition of you, you know well there is an end result just because it goes in the bin and you forget about it you know the co2 and the methane that's created is depleting the ozone layer we need to look at that not only for our sake but children's and my life and in the future of the earth so that's the kind of reasons why we do it. And when people come in here, we aim to create a warm, welcome environment. We've got some volunteers on board and it's important that everyone is greeted when they come in. We know everyone's name that comes in. There's no judgment when they come in. So we get to know a little bit about their lives to make sure they feel valued. And then we now also identify as if there's any issues. So we build up that trust, I should say. Mm -hmm. We can find out if there's anything that they need help with and signpost using the network links that we've got already. Joanne Eiston there from Little Chefs Big Chefs talking about their new eco-market project and how they found the funding process. If you'd like to get in contact with Joanne to find out more information you can visit their website littlechefsbigchefs.org.uk. With network sessions running every two months there's lots of opportunity to get involved. Here is Lindsay with more information. So when is the next network session? So we like to hold the network sessions about every two months and the next one's going to be on Tuesday the 22nd of November. We hold them 2 till 3.30 in the afternoon on Zoom. And the theme of the next one is going to be around volunteering. In the future we hope to hold some face-to-face -face network meetings. So maybe it's just once a year for all of the network members to come together, meet each other, showcase their projects and share ideas and visions so watch this space and if anyone's listening who wants to come along to the network how can people find out more information yeah so if you're interested in joining the network or coming along to the next session you just have to sign up online through our durham community action website now you just join our mailing list you receive regular updates and the invitations to the sessions or you can email us at info at durhamcommunityaction.org.uk or if anyone has any further questions for me or any direct inquiries you can contact me directly at lindsay.hocken 
at durhamcommunityaction.org.uk. As we come to the end of our fifth episode of the Durham Community Action Podcast, I'd like to remind you that this podcast is not just for you, it's about you. Please get in touch by emailing katie.baggett at durhamcommunityaction.org.uk to feed your ideas for future episodes. Until then, join us on our social media pages at durhamcomaction to keep updated. Subscribe to our podcast through your favourite podcast service such as Apple or Spotify and we'll see you next time.